0: then I'm going to press record here.
1: My chair's breaking. Recording in progress.
0: Here we go. My name's Todd. This is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 698. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding and always remember our motto, which is the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding uh, it's been a while since we've had a regular show because last week we had Dr. Shafali on the regular podcast and then she joined our team Zen last Friday, which was kind of awesome. Um, yeah.
1: So her book, The Parenting Map comes out this week.
0: Yeah. Um, I have a whole bunch of stuff I want to talk about. Um, it's going to be just an interesting show, I think. So
1: you've got to give a few tips. You can't just say a bunch of stuff.
0: Here's my tease. Okay. Um, you and I listened to a part of a Glennon and Abby and Amanda podcast. Uh-huh. We can do hard things. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that uh, they talked about on this podcast was picture yourself here in a relationship and one of the two people worries more uh-huh. and the other person worries less. Right. And I'm, the- put,
1: I'm sorry, I'm putting water on my ponytail because it's sticking
0: up. Okay. okay. Uh, nobody can see that, okay. but thank you for letting us know. <laughs> okay, good. ahead. Go ahead. Um, Yes, so that. let's. Is, is we're not going to dive in yet. This okay. is just a tease. Kathy tends to be, of the two of us, the one who is a little more worried.
1: Right. So, can we focus on those words really quick, or do you want to like hold off on that?
0: Because um, I think if the word you can quickly do it, that's great.
1: I am the one who is more activated and feeling responsible for things. So worried is one way to look at it and activated is another way. Yeah,
0: I guess from my, from, in this example, my standpoint is, oh, just don't, don't worry so much about our kids and their livelihood and their getting to school and the bus stop and... And their safety. And their safety. And their mental Just chill out. Everything will be fine. (laughs) And, and the whole idea is... That if I really want you to chill out, the best way for me to do that is for me to show up, show up more.
1: Yeah. So instead of telling me to calm down, yeah. you actually show up and activate as well.
0: Might be a little dismissive for me to tell you to calm down. Yeah, it is. Remember that uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman interview that we did with, uh, that we did, <laughs> that uh, James Lipton. Who's was
1: inside the actor's studio.
0: And James Lipton asked him some question like, you know. What's what, your least favorite word? Yeah. And the answer was, relax.
1: Relax.
0: And he's like, it's not just relax. It's how people tell you (laughs) to relax. And it's relax. And and it works in this example because I think there could be somebody that would look at our marriage, especially in the early days, and it's just me saying relax.
1: And it's condescending and patronizing because it's very easy to say that. And this is in marriage or this is to our kids. You know, it's not, it's just when we feel like we're just so above somebody's concern, worry, or where they're focusing attention, it can be really condescending. And it doesn't mean we have to join them. That's why I wanted to talk a little bit about that word worried, which I know we're going to get to it more later, but Worry tends to carry this energy of nobody should worry, right? And so we don't want to join someone in their worry. But I feel like it's just a holding word to mean like if somebody's worried about something and you want to decrease their worry, you increase your worry a little bit. or And so that other person doesn't have to hold the whole thing.
0: Well, and don't let me forget when we actually get into this topic later on in the show, it's the idea of one of my fears is that if I do like for in this example, worry and meet your energy of mm-hmm. worry... Then it may increase your worrisome energy. So, and maybe this is a really easily uh, easy part for me to like dismiss. But I worry that if I did that, we both would be activated.
1: Well, and let's talk about that. Can we talk about that? Are you trying to get through things? No, we got
0: to get through things. Okay, because
1: I want to go back to that because I don't agree with you. Great. Okay.
0: Um, So you and I both subscribe to the Daily Skim. Is that what it's called? Yeah. And last week, at some point, there was a quick article that said yesterday the Spanish Parliament said yes to paid leave for menstrual cramps. Yes, the new law gives women up to five days of medical leave if they're experiencing a painful period, or as the law describes it, in case of incapacitating menstruation. Mm-hmm. Health experts say about a third of Spanish women fall under that category. Would you agree with that, sweetie? Of course. Maybe some all women of them, right? have
1: like, so, like. For me personally cramps hasn't been the biggest issue of my life. It's been a challenge and sometimes but it's not the way some people I know, some people I'm close to have had cramps where they can't move. Yeah. And they have figured out that they have endometriosis or, you know, other issues. Um but it it's a, it's a thing. Like and it's just it's funny to talk about these things. It's kind of like, you know, it goes into that category of this is something we've always dealt with. As women. And, you know, depending on when you get your period, you, you know, girls now tend to get their period as early as nine years old, Um, you know, anywhere between that and 16 or wherever. And it's just something we experience. And it's interesting that like, we can't stay home if we felt really sick.
0: Spain's the first European country to approve paid menstrual leave and joins countries like Zambia, Japan, and South Korea, which have similar policies. Uh, The new law also aims to tackle period poverty by offering free pads and tampons at schools and prisons, Spanish. uh, So anyways, I can't imagine a woman being in prison having to pay for her pads and tampons. I know. Like what? I know. Like where do they get their money if they're in prison?
1: I know well, I don't I don't know. I don't yeah. want to even pretend I understand how this system works, but um, I just think that it's not our choice.
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, in the US, we're the only wealthy country that doesn't guarantee paid family leave. I know More that. than sixteen million people who menstruate are living in proper in poverty. Oh. There's a pink tax, yep. which doesn't help.
1: Explain the pink tax.
0: Uh, it is an extra tax that um is goes put on women's, women's feminine, feminine care.
1: care. And their razors yeah. and their um, you know, hairspray yeah. and their so the pink text just means things that are marketed to women tend to cost more.
0: Um so, anyways, on in a much lighter um note. Okay, you and I had a very quick debate on the order of teeth brushing versus flossing. Yes. And I don't think it matters if sure you brush first and then floss, or floss first, and then brush? What is your take? I forget. So
1: why I say sure it does is that if you're going... I always have been taught that you floss first because that's how you loosen everything up, right? Mm -hmm. Like you get the things out of your teeth. So you don't want it in your mouth. That's when you brush your teeth and remove it. Yeah. So And remember that flossing... is not just about like removing food it's also like plaque and bacteria like you can't see everything you're moving around in there right um lara's mom is a dental hygienist i remember her telling us this like you're just trying to move you're trying to like get some movement in there and then brush and then brush it away
0: yeah okay so
1: sometimes like people floss and be like i didn't get anything out you did yeah you just can't see everything
0: it's all microscopic exactly or thereabouts.
1: So like the other night, Todd was... It, so let me tell this story first. So Todd and I, you know, we go to the dentist and Todd likes to compete with everything. So he, <laughs> so sometimes I just have to join them because you know why not, and so we'll go to the dentist. You know who has a cavity, who doesn't, and we haven't had cavities forever,
0: right? No, I used to get them all the time as a little kid. Me too. Yeah.
1: So we kind—I don't know why. Uh, were
0: we eating that much sugar when we were little kids, and no. that much less sugar now? I feel like we eat a lot of sugar these days. I don't know.
1: I don't know why that was the case, but so far we've been good for years, and. um we, so we both got our teeth cleaned and Todd had gone like a week before me and our hygienist said, gosh, and Todd doesn't like this. She said, you and Todd have like identical teeth, which scares Todd because he doesn't want to like have the exact same things as me because he thinks we're morphing into the same person.
0: Yeah. Um, creeps, and so it creeps, it creeps out him it.
1: out. And so it made me laugh. But then she said, but Todd's teeth bleed when I clean them and yours don't because you floss
0: so I have upped my flossing game
1: so Todd came home and I competed with him and said I win this round because my teeth don't bleed and so all of a sudden that night he's getting out the floss yeah because he wants to win yeah. next six months from now right um, but then now then the other night I watched him floss and then throw it away and get in bed I'm like wait you got a brush and he's like no I already brushed yeah brush
0: first so maybe brushing helps the flossing could who knows
1: I mean here's the thing someone could listen to this and be like, no, Kathy, it goes this way. But I just, for me, after I floss, the mentality I have is now I have to brush. It's like how I sneeze in a car and I have to roll down the window and let it out. Like I can't floss. Have you
0: always done that roll down the window thing? I feel like that's a new, new invention from you in the last 10 years. Are you saying when we first got married, you were rolling down the window when you sneezed?
1: Yeah. So I've always rolled down the window when I sneeze.
0: I, I, I feel like it just kind of started halfway through our marriage.
1: I don't think so. I mean, maybe you just didn't detect
0: it. Um, maybe I was
1: just doing it so subtly that you didn't notice. But I don't understand sneezing in a car and just letting it circulate. Like you got to let some air in.
0: Um, sweetie, complete the sentence. Okay. You don't have to floss all your teeth.
1: Just the ones you want to keep. Yes. And sweetie, what happens at 2.30? <laughs> 30.
0: 30. I don't know. How, how
1: do I tell that joke?
0: I don't know. How, how do I tell that joke? I don't remember. Yes, you do. I mean, I know the joke, but I don't remember how you set it up, but you set it up poorly just now.
1: I did. And my friend just- What time
0: you going to the dentist?
1: And you say, tooth- Tooth-thirty. Tooth-thirty. tooth 30, tooth, 30, tooth, hurdy, tooth hurdy. 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 And so sometimes when it's 2.30, we'll say, are you going to the dentist? Yes. It's kind of a dumb- It goes
0: back and forth.
1: It's a dumb Adam's joke yes. that my girls are tired of hearing. One of many- Tooth hurdy.
0: Um, And last but not least, before we jump in with Mm -hmm. the content of today's show. Yes. My nephew, Maxwell John McFadden, Mm -hmm. whom I love dearly. Mm -hmm. I was having dinner with him and many other family members about three weeks ago. Uh And we went to Granite City Brewery. Correct. And I started looking at the menu. He's like, I already know what I want. I'm like, well, you didn't even look at the menu. He's like, I look at it beforehand. Right. And initially... I was dismissive of this idea Mm -hmm. and I still don't know. And I want to like hear, see what our listeners have to say about this because he's like, if I look at the menu ahead of time, then I don't have to worry about breaking conversation, breaking eye contact. Mm -hmm. I can keep Mm -hmm. the conversation happening. And my initial defense was like, well, that kind of destroys the experience of the restaurant and of the whole Restaurant process. Like I like getting the menu. I like looking at it and deciding which thing I want to get, what I don't. And at this moment, I still don't know if he's onto something or if he's an idiot.
1: Well, it's irrelevant because he's not an idiot. No. Um, but it's irrelevant because it destroys it for you. Right. It does. It, it doesn't destroy it for everybody else. But I'm trying to
0: arrive at a consensus. What makes the most sense for most people? Must we though? Like yeah. I tend to. Have you ever looked? Of at... Of course, all the time. So with the intent, so you don't have to worry about it. Like, I understand looking at the menu if you decide whether or not you want to go there. But let's just assume you know you're going there. Will you look at the menu beforehand um, so that you don't have to worry about what you order once you arrive?
1: No. I think the only reason I look at the menu and I do it quite a bit is because I don't really... I'm not a big meat eater. Right. So I tend to look at... at um, menus to make sure that there are vegetarian options.
0: Totally makes sense. Yeah. But he doesn't do it for that reason. He
1: goes to find exactly what he's going to What he's going to get. Uh, Yeah. I mean, so have I done that? Yes. Do I do that every time? No.
0: And the one drawback of his system Uh is sometimes the menu online does not match the menu that you are getting. Right.
1: True. Especially at like an Italian restaurant where they like make different things. Like they'll they'll have a carry out menu. Right. Of like here's our things we always have. And
0: then they have Mm -hmm. the weekly menu. Correct. Um, so, if you're interested in sharing your opinion on that, just hit me an email at Todd at com.
1: Actually, I think, like, I don't want to jump too far ahead here, but I do believe that you, Brad, and I are talking about having a place yes. where people can... So, Todd and I are... Um figuring out a, another show just yet another show yeah. where we are going to do we are going to answer questions and do it once a month so like on a friday we're going to have a new podcast where we answer listener questions and that's all we do for the podcast so to do that that means we need to have something on our website where people can ask a question like call in and ask um and also or submit, or an, submit opinion. an opinion yeah. or, or submit a question yeah so we they
0: could also say hey Tide." No, the restaurant menu thing or the flossing brush your teeth thing. Right. So there's a so lot of things. So
1: that's coming, correct?
0: Yes, but it's not up yet. By the end of the month, I was told by okay. our internet manager. Okay, so
1: just uh, just be thoughtful about that. That's coming.
0: Stay tuned. Um, okay, so that's what I had. Okay. And let's wor- let's worry. Let's jump into <laughs> the topic of if you want your part, and I know you're going to qualify my language, but if you want your par- partner to worry less, then worry more.
1: Right. So I'll qualify the language saying that that is, I think, just a really general way to say, if you are noticing that something is difficult for your partner, instead of telling them to relax or calm down, take a piece of it, to decrease the heaviness for them, so visualize it like they're carrying a really big bag. Mm-hmm. Like you know, visualize your partner walking in to the kitchen or wherever, and they're carrying a really heavy bag, and you walk in carrying much less, or yeah. maybe no bag at all. Right. And then you say, "Gosh, I just don't want you to think things are that heavy." Yeah, and it's like, but they are. So instead, what we can do. For each other, is take something out of that bag. Mm -hmm. So, the example that uh, Amanda gave on the We Can Do Hard Things podcast is how one morning she came downstairs and she tends to be the person who's like on the schedule. She feels responsible getting, you know, getting the kids out the door. And then she came down one morning and her husband was directing the kids to brush their teeth, like, okay, kids, time to brush your teeth. We need to get out of the house. And what she was able to share was that. That experience of watching him do that right away decreased her anxiety because she knew somebody else was feeling accountable and responsible for getting the kids out the door. And I think that we can all put our own experience in there where it's very easy for one person to say to the other, just worry less or just don't, you know, it's okay if they're late or, you know, you know, you should get up earlier, you know, making it be the other person's responsibility. But- Honestly, when it comes to running the house, um, we as a team, if you are partnered, are responsible together, Yeah. regardless of, and, and we're going to get into this, I know, because you have the list thing, right? Oh, I did
0: not make that thing, but we'll, we'll come we'll, up with we'll it. Talk to, yeah.
1: We'll talk about that. Regardless of who's working how much, because I think a lot of times Todd and I were talking about how if one person is working full time, then there's all of this like, well, then everything else should fall on the other partner. And while I agree that there are some agreements that are made that I, I'm going to be gone you know, from 9 to 5, so you're going to have to do things during the day, that there are things that – both can share, regardless of the workload. Right, and some of it's just emotional labor. It's just being, you know, thoughtful about something, concerned about following through, um, the ability to get the kids out the door in the morning, tucking kids in at night, making sure they get their bath. Like that, everybody's home at that time, so that can be more of a supportive networking experience.
0: So I'm glad you reminded me about that list thing. And yes, we'll get to that, get into that a little bit because okay. I have an idea that hope that might help marriages out there. We'll see what happens. Okay. But with what we're talking about now, I think the devil is in the details. Like every situation, I would love to say uh, universally, oh, this is what should happen because Mm -hmm. sometimes in this situation, something should happen. But in this situation, something different should happen. Example, our kids are 15, 18, and 19. Mm -hmm. Um, We now allow them to have many more natural consequences to the decisions they make. Because mm-hmm. they are young women. Correct. If we rewind it and they're 5, 8, and 9 mm-hmm. instead of 15, 18, and 19, the natural consequences things doesn't work as well because...
1: So you go back in time. What's that? What's your backup the sound? backup? Let's back up. Let's pretend it's the second year of Zen Parenting Radio. Right. Our kids are young.
0: So if I say to you, well, just don't worry that this five-year-old will get their socks on by themselves. (laughs) Like that doesn't work. It's silly. Even though I probably said something like that. Well, if she's late for kindergarten, let her be late for kindergarten. Mm -hmm. Like that doesn't work. I think my, my biggest challenge with this whole topic is I think when our kids are born, they're 100% dependent upon Mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. And then, then they're five and they're a little bit less dependent on us. And, there's a part of me very naively would be like, well, let's just let them figure certain things out in a really non-productive, not helpful, Mm hands-off way. Um, But as time goes on, um, I think it is important to continue to allow them to make their mistakes and be late for the bus and blah, blah, blah. And there's times when I hold it way too loosely. And I think there's times when you're like, no, I'm I'm hanging on to this a little bit too tightly.
1: Well, okay, so there's many pieces in here. So first of all, you just said it decreases by this much and this much, and I would counter that by saying it shifts. Yeah, It doesn't actually decrease that much. It just shifts. Like what are you focusing on? So if you are um, parenting and you – when they're very little, the focus is very much on getting dressed, putting food in their mouth, getting them in bed, making sure they clean, all that kind of stuff. As they get older and they can do some of that on their own, which of course is expected, then we start shifting to how do we interact? Mm -hmm. How do we build a relationship? How do we listen? So our parenting shifts from one one area to to another. Exactly. So it really doesn't... Like I think again i'm just using the the idea that it really doesn't decrease when well, i just was changes. more looking
0: at it very specifically through the lens of natural consequences
1: okay so talking about natural
0: consequences is, and we could talk about homework or teeth brushing or relationships or whatever
1: i think we have to like t- like, uh, pull out a little bit and look at what we're trying to teach. Okay. Because there is the very like a micro version of, I just need my kid to get to the bus, or I just need my kid to brush their teeth. This is a very like my focus, like I just need them to get this done. And then when you back up a little bit and you look at it from the bigger picture, what are you trying to do? You're trying to teach your child to be self-sufficient. And so you're not, so there are points in time that there are certain pieces of that self-sufficiency that they can do without you, and then there's pieces that they just require more help. And I think sometimes we, we slap this, like, big, like, Everything they're doing, they should be self sufficient at this point yeah. because they're eight, because they're 12, because they're 15 or 15. And we don't recognize that sometimes they're still needing, you know, it's kind of like they're carrying, we were talking about carrying bags, heavy bags. They're carrying bags too, right. that we may say, well, now you're older, so you should be able to do all of these things. Maybe they're capable of doing all of these things, but maybe in the morning they need support in this area so they can do all the rest of the things. Well, we're speaking very generally here, but I think we have to look at these experiences with our kids is, yes, we're teaching, but we are also in a relationship where we're supporting. We're not constantly trying to test them.
0: No, and I think that's, that's, an, that's an important point. So let's get, you're talking generally, so let's talk specifically. Okay. I used to be really big on making sure that our daughters made their own lunches. Remember that? Remember the the good old days of me saying, no, I'm not making your lunch and neither is mom and you're doing it by yourself and blah, blah, blah.
1: Well, and can I step into the middle of that for a second? So one thing you probably don't remember is they wanted to, okay? They weren't like, mom and dad, help or let me make my lunch, get out of the kitchen. But they were like, they started to have an opinion Mm -hmm. about what they wanted in their lunch. So what made sense at that point was why don't you guys start picking out stuff at the grocery store? Why don't you start making it, right. and then we can start like, taking responsibility. start taking some responsibility. Remember that's when we got those those boxes, those like bento boxes, yeah. and we were like, you know, this will make it easy. Yeah. You know, you can clean this out every day. You know, trying to be r- responsible with the environment and such yeah. instead of using a bunch of baggies. And you guys fill this up. Now we may help with like we're washing the strawberries, like we're part of the process. But they're making their own lunch because they know how they want their sandwich to be. Right. So just that framing, mm-hmm. rather than either you do it or I do it, doesn't it make more sense if you make if you figure out what you want in your lunch? Right.
0: And now here we are in okay. 2023 yes. and we have a 15-year-old and an 18-year-old. Yes. One kids in college and I you and I make their lunches.
1: We make the two the two girls who are home. Yeah.
0: Right. And the, I used to have a lot of baggage around that. Like I can't believe my 15-year-old and 18-year-old I am making their lunches and this is totally like Childhood baggage, history, like I I need these girls to be self-sufficient. But I think the reason I'm at peace with it, one is they want support. Mornings are tough. Can they do it by without my help? Of course. They showed me that they could. They did it for eight They did years. it for however long <laughs> yeah. that they did it for. Um, so now it's more like, I know you know how to do this. And they can have a more relaxing morning if I'm there to help them make their lunches.
1: It takes one thing out of their bag yeah. because here's what my teenagers do in the morning. They have to get themselves up, which they do. Which they sucks set for their-
0: most teenagers. Yes. Just that alone.
1: They have to get themselves up in the morning. They get ready, choose their outfit. Obviously, these are things we haven't done forever. You know, they choose their outfit. They get ready. If they wear makeup, they do that. They do their hair if they do that. All of those morning things. And then they, you know, make sure they get their Chromebook. They come downstairs. They fill their water bottle. They're running around looking for their keys. They're eating breakfast. That And they make their own breakfast. Actually, I make smoothies for Cam sometimes. Yes. But, but, you know, most of the time they're making their own breakfast, grabbing a yogurt, whatever. So... What I've Todd and I have had these discussions a lot because he's brought it up to me because I, at the beginning of the year, was, you know, down in the kitchen and I'd be throwing together their lunches, things that I knew that they wanted. And he was like, we shouldn't be doing this or why are we doing this? And I was like, you know, I'm in the kitchen and this is how I'm talking to them and connecting with them in the morning. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'm just sitting there. So why not be so it doesn't make sense to me. All of these things that they're doing in the morning, they have learned and they've become self-sufficient. They're doing their own laundry. They're putting away their own clothes. They are completely self-sufficient humans. Now I feel like I can support them by taking two pieces of bread and putting it in a bag for them. Like this is not hard work. But I think why this is a good discussion and why Todd and I bring it up a lot is sometimes we can get too rigid about I will not do things for them because, you know, I have to teach them how to be an adult. Yes, but you can also be a supportive person in their life with little things. You don't have to constantly demonstrate how you're unavailable and how, you know, life is going to beat them down so you're going to show them how they have to do it all themselves. Like there's these things we can do. Like you know, like Todd's so sweet sometimes. He when it's really yeah, let's cold. Let's talk about that for a while. When it's really cold, sometimes he will like start Cameron's car and pull it up for her and you know, he doesn't do that every time, but it's a nice gesture. Like this is teaching kindness and helping and
0: support. Well, I think it goes a long way to, you know, we always talk about, you know, you go from being your parent, being your child's coach or instructor Mm -hmm. to being their cheerleader. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of my way of being their cheerleader. Like, yeah, it's cold out, and yeah, can you go outside and warm your own car up? But I'm sitting here. I don't have to be out the door. Now, if right. I had to be at the door, I wouldn't. Then we're gone. Then I'm gone. Like on Tuesday
1: morning, I can't help them because I go teach. You know, like there's, that's the thing is they can do it themselves if we're not there. Right. They don't. So and that's
0: the critical that's point That's the critical for me. point. Yeah. So yeah. And like some some of it's as simple as, oh, dad, will you fill up my water bottle? I'm like, can sure. my kid fill up their water bottle without my help? Yes. And it used to annoy me. Like, no, fill up your own. And now I'm like whatever.
1: But what are they doing while they ask you to do that?
0: Sometimes sitting on their butt.
1: Sometimes they are, well, I mean, Todd, that's a little harsh. Like sometimes (laughs) they are looking at something on their Chromebook. Sometimes they are, that's the first time they're looking at their phone in the morning. Right. They're not just like sitting there, you know, with their feet in the air saying, dad, do these things for me. They're doing something. And then they're saying, "Will you do this. And a lot of times they do that themselves. I think that you know you're saying you're giving the very specific parenting thing of you know first were we're their coach then they were cheer then they were a cheerleader and i just like to again back up more we are in a family and we are in relationship with each other we help each other so when my daughters maybe live in a with a roommate or with three other roommates or in an apartment Will they see that as something you do yeah. in a community? You help each other. You don't say, We're all responsible just for ourselves, and I'm not helping you. No one would say that specifically out loud, but sometimes with our desire to teach, um, you know, the ability to be um, self functioning, we sometimes become too rigid. Right. And I think that there is this space in between where like Todd said, like, we're not, we're not even getting them out of bed anymore. Like they're completely doing everything on their own. So how can I support you? Right. Like, what things can I do? Like, you know, they're like, I can't find my gloves. And I'm like, do you think they're in the car? And I'll go check in the car. Now, when they were little and they were like, I can't find my shoes. I can't find my gloves. I can't find it. Then I would not, I would say, Hey, listen, then we're not going to have those gloves today because I can't do everything here. But when we have a moment. I feel like now we're in a different relationship role with them. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? I do. Like now, it'd be like if I was like, Todd, can you hand me my purse? And you're like, no, Kathy, I want you to be self-sufficient. I would be like, dude. Right. (laughs) Like, I can grab my own purse. Well, that's
0: like the whole relationship thing. Like, we as parents and grown-ups treat other parents and grown-ups very differently than we treat treat our our own kids. kids. And the reason we do that is because I sometimes feel obligated to make sure that I am guiding them in such a way so that they can be self-sufficient. Correct. And what helped me through this whole process is, you know, they obviously show me that they're responsible young women. And I know for a fact they know how to do their laundry. Uh I know for a fact they know how to make their own lunch. I know for a fact they know how to start their car Mm -hmm. before they go to school. So as long as I know that, it's easier for me to say yes to those things
1: not to mention they're prepared for school yeah nobody's like cranking out math homework in the morning like right. they're ready to go and so it's like and and here's the thing like if you are somebody who is helicoptery who is doing everything for your kid and and this pendulum is swinging way too far the other way then you need to add in some things where you have expectation for them, if that be that they're eight years old or 10 years old or 17. If you are still in charge of their mourning, then you know, if you are noticing they are not self-sufficient. Like if I wasn't here, there is no way they could get out the door. Then you start recognizing that you may be enabling rather than supporting. I just like to talk about the gray area because I what I don't, what I'm not a big fan of is rules without meaning. Because I always say like there was uh, someone on Team Zen a month or so ago that was asking a question about teaching responsibility and they were worried because I can't remember it was something about bringing the dishes in. I can't remember what the questions were, but they were very concerned because their kid didn't do this one thing. And then we asked them, like, well, what are the things they do that demonstrate responsibility? And she was able to say, well, they do this and they do this and they clean their room and they take care of, you know, doing their own homework. And it's like there is asking for support in a moment and there is teaching responsibility. And if you're going to focus on this one aspect and say because they don't do it, they're irresponsible, that's not true. Right Now, you may still need to ask them again and again, you know please bring your plate in, or if it's there, putting their shoes away. But don't get too hung up on these one-offs yeah. if they are demonstrating responsibility in other areas. And can you pull from those strings where you say you're so good at getting your homework done, you're so good at keeping your room clean, you're so good at putting your shoes away. Um, so I know you have the ability to to bring your plate in, because I see you be responsible all the time. So pulling from the strings mean instead of going for the shame, guilt, fear, which is you never bring stuff in, you're never responsible, instead say, you're actually very responsible. Mm -hmm. So do you think you can start focusing on this as well? Because this is something like, you know, sometimes basically what I say to the girls, we haven't done a show like this in a long time, this is funny. What I say to the girls a lot is, it doesn't make sense that you're having me do this because this isn't my responsibility. Like it doesn't make sense that I'm carrying your plate in because it's your plate. Like I'm very literal about it. Now I'm fine with cleaning the kitchen that night or running the dishwasher, but it doesn't make sense that I'm carrying your plate in when it's yours. And I try and be very – I'm not being a smart aleck. I'm just like trying to teach them this is your part. It doesn't make sense that – you know, that I'm constantly putting your shoes away when they're yours, Yeah. you know, you just find a place for them and put them there. And, and let me tell you, I have teenage children, and I'm still finding shoes and coats everywhere. It's not like I've resolved this problem 100%. But what I try and I try and talk to them in a way where I'm being very like, you have the capacity to do this. And doesn't this make sense? Yeah. Rather than fighting over you're lazy or you're not or you're irresponsible or you're not it's just like doesn't it make sense
0: it does i, I would like to pivot if okay. that's okay Sure, go ahead so i have this and i i have this idea that i shared with you in the car yes. um and as i coach guys a lot of the times it's like oh i do all these things and my partner doesn't appreciate me and i wish to the men appreci- are saying this? yeah the okay. men are saying that and then there's and then they're also like I, I know that in this in these examples my wife does a lot of work or whatever so, and you and I have been married 20 years and uh-huh. we got a pretty good system going where we kind of know expectations, but it's not perfect. Mm-mm. Like things do sometimes back up on sure. us. So, uh, and we've talked about emotional labor mm-hmm. and invisible labor mm-hmm. multiple times on the show for, in case this is a new concept to you, the whole idea is and Kathy, you might have to help me out with this. It's the, it's the amount of things that, 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 a family needs to do for it to run smoothly.
1: And it's often called invisible labor because it's things that people do that kind of go unseen but still help things run. Yeah. Like, for example, someone may not notice that I'm picking up everybody's coat and hanging it up because everybody just looks around and there's no coats on chairs. But the truth is, if I wasn't there, there'd be coats everywhere. Or like I was just telling Todd the other night that when I, before I go to bed, I straighten the pillows on the couch and he may say, Hey, everybody, are you looking for a way to entertain your kids in the car or maybe just a way to wind them down before bed? Then you've got to try pinna. Pinna is an audio streaming service just for kids that includes tons of podcasts, audiobooks, and more for ages 3 to 12. But really, it's for everybody because, Todd, you and I were using it in the car ourselves. We
0: did. Here is an example of the trivia that we did. So, sweetie, are you ready for a trivia question? I am ready. Thor fights his enemies with his mighty hammer and by calling something down from the sky. What is it? I know this. So there is multiple choice, but I'm not going to give that to you. What do you think it is?
1: Well, it's his hammer, right? Right. But then what else does he call down from the sky?
0: Fire, lightning, or puppies.
1: Oh, lightning, lightning, lightning.
0: It's lightning. He's not called the god of thunder for nothing. Thor can call down lightning to give. Nice job, sweetie. Thank you.
1: Pinna provides a reliable routine you can stick with and something you can engage with daily or weekly.
0: Plus, Pinna is a game changer for daily car trips to and from school or for weekend getaways. Uh, One of my favorite parts, it's ad free and there it's screen free entertainment.
1: It's a routine the kids can look forward to and we look forward to, and it makes car rides more enjoyable for everybody. Pinna is offering our listeners one year of Pinna for 50% off. Just head to pinna.fm slash promo to sign up and use code ZPR at checkout. That's P-I-N-N-A dot F-M slash
0: promo. So it's only 35 bucks for the whole year with our discount. So you can't go wrong. Pinna, awesome audio for kids. And now on with the show multiple times on the show. For In case this is a new concept to you, the whole idea is, and Kathy, you might have to help me out with this. It's the, it's the amount of things that, that, that a family needs to do for it to run smoothly.
1: And it's often called invisible labor because it's things that people do that kind of go unseen, but still help things run. Yeah. Like for example someone may not notice that I'm picking up everybody's coat and hanging it up because everybody just looks around and there's no coats on chairs. But the truth is, if I wasn't there, there'd be coats everywhere. Or like I was just telling Todd the other night that when I before I go to bed, I straighten the pillows on the couch. And he may say, I don't need the pillows straightened on the couch, but I do that. So then when people come downstairs, the room is like presentable again. It's not perfect. But if I didn't do that, then there'd be coats or there'd be pillows and blankets and shoes all around the couch all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's invisible because nobody really knows I'm doing it because they're just used
0: to seeing a clean couch. So here's, here's my idea. Okay. I think in order for any two people to couple, mm-hmm. to partner, to get married, whatever it is, and let's say they have kids, uh-huh. they should go through an exhaustive checklist and decide upfront who's in charge of what, because I think a lot of the times that you and I got stuck on is it wasn't a clear agreement of who's in charge of what. Uh Um, so what I want to do is I want to have some fun here. I'm going to read off a bunch of things and you're going to tell me both say the first three years of our marriage, like what, you know, we got married when you were 30, I was 29. Mm -hmm. So let's go back to 2000 and Three or 2004.
1: Okay, before you do that, sure. can I add something really important? Sure. Because we're going to be talking about very literal things, yeah. and I want to remind everybody that emotional labor and often invisible labor can be energetically um, draining or emotionally draining. For example, my awareness of my kids' emotional well-being and noticing their moods or paying attention to the kind of care they need is may not fall on a list.
0: Well and that's the thing is I want the what I have is a very partial list. Okay. This is not close to exhaustive. Okay. And I'm glad you brought that up because some of the things that I'm about to bring up on this list has nothing to do with how you shine brightest, sweetie. And one of the ways that you shine brightest is giving our daughters your full attention at the end of an exhaustive day when finally they're ready to talk.
1: Okay, and and I appreciate that. And I would say going back when the girls were little, there was a period of time where I was um, home full-time. I was going to school, but I was basically home and Todd was working full-time. And if we compared our days, Todd checked 80 things off of his list and I went to the zoo and fed our children and kept them alive. Mm-hmm. So if you looked at our lists, you'd be like, well... You know, and I got, obviously I did more than that. I changed diapers. I drove them around. Like I, I could go through each detail. But if you're looking at a list of productivity, it was it was hard to compare. Yet I was just as exhausted, or more exhausted. And so sometimes these lists can be misleading. Yeah.
0: And and my hope is everybody should make their own list
1: that is more that it that has emotional stuff on it too that
0: fits okay. their household. All right, so give it a go. So if you're listening to this and you're partnered up or you're a parent and you um, and you're in a, a in a relationship, ask yourself who. I know that there's times when there's overlap, of like course. we both do laundry, mm-hmm. but who does it more? Okay, okay. so it's going to be then and now, and okay. I'm going to say something to you. Okay, and it'll be then versus now. I'm excited. You ready? Yeah. Washing and doing laundry, Uh, then. Me. Now. Both. I think it's still you. I think you do more laundry than I I
1: do more towels. I love doing towels. (laughs) Uh, Towels to me is like vacuuming. I love vacuuming. I love towels. So I just do towels
0: a lot. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is all under the household category. There's multiple categories. Making beds, then. Me. Now. Both. Yeah, it's probably split half and half. Mm -hmm. And I have finally come around to appreciating a made bed, Yeah, it's I used important. to be like, that's just stupid, and but now I, I get it.
1: I love clean sheets, and I'll wash the sheets, and I'll be like, Todd, aren't the sheets great? Aren't they clean? Don't they smell good? He's like, I can't tell. Yeah. And that's okay. Like, I'm not mad about that, but I have such a thing for comfort and smells, which is why I love doing it. Yeah, you're towels. more highly
0: sensitive to smells and cleanliness. Yeah. And, and cleanliness,
1: I'm yeah, okay.
0: Uh, cooking, then. <laughs> Me. Now.
1: Uh, both.
0: Yeah, I think it's probably shared.
1: I think it's shared. I think that... And a
0: big shout out to Chipotle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was going to say, I laugh when people talk about cooking, but I re- we, we cooked three times last week. Like, uh, we really do cook. Kitchen
0: cleanup and dishes, then. Me. Now. Me. See, I still, I think dishes, if I'm home and not traveling, I feel like I'm half and half on the... How about we do 70-30? How about 60-40? <laughs> <laughs> um, shopping, then. Me. Now. You.
1: Yeah, uh, grocery shopping. Yeah, grocery yeah. Todd shopping. is the grocery
0: shopping person now. Uh, vacuuming, then, me now. Me. And, and do you have extra energy today?
1: I love so. Okay, so when we were first together, and you know you're starting out, I we everything we had was hammy down. Actually, that was the case for since Todd Todd doesn't like to spend money. Let's just say that yeah. we we've run a tight budget our whole life, and. um so I always had a bad vacuum and it drove me crazy and it barely suctioned. And it was just all really, it just really brought me down because I love vacuuming and I love that thing. I love cleaning. And then I finally, um, saved and bought myself a Dyson and it's like a dream. And so now I've vacuumed three times in the last three
0: days. Sweetie loves the Dyson. It's so awesome. Um, and let's just say general cleaning. Dusting, wipe wiping down counters cleaning and toilets? tables. Then. Me. Now. Me. No doubt about it.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, small repairs. Then. You. Now. You. Uh paying bills for rent, electricity, mortgages. You, you, then. you, 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 you. Okay. You're he's Todd is the Bills guy. Um Decorating the home. Me. Then. Me. Now. Me. Um, Let's see. Cleaning windows? Then. You. Now. We don't do it. Uh, Yeah, I'm not not doing a very good job (laughs) on that. Um, Let's see. We'll do um, research for insurance and things like that. Then... You well, know, just like financial management. If it's stuff.
1: financial management, you always do the heavy lifting on that. Yeah. If it's research about something for the girls, education, tutoring, college, um, and I'm not talking about money, I'm talking about classes, It's that's me.
0: Yeah. Okay. So that's the household category. We could probably go on and come up with 35 more categories under household. Right. Okay. But that's like one category, and I just mentioned a bunch of subcategories. Mm-hmm. Next one is daycare, school, okay? Yeah. Uh, 2000, now, go back to 2003. Uh-huh. Preparing snack boxes. Me. Then. Me. And there is no snack boxes anymore.
1: No more snacks. Uh,
0: commu- commuting, which I think means driving the kids back and forth. Then. Me. Now.
1: Uh, we don't do it as yeah, much because we have drivers, but um, if we're going to... To pick them up, you. I think that'd be 70-30 your yeah, way. Okay. I think because like Todd, like Skylar was with her friend in Chicago today and Todd's always the one who's like I'll go get her. And a lot of times he has a call he can do in the car. Like Todd... You are because you're an acts of service guy. I think you kind of get a thrill out of like, I'll go do this, and then you get ten things done in the car. Am I exaggerating?
0: Pro, a little bit, but okay. yeah, sometimes I I multitask and listen to a podcast or be on the phone with somebody in the car. But it's usually I'm just listening to a podcast. Okay. Okay. Um, supervising homework. Then me. Now. I don't. Neither.
1: I haven't supervised homework for years. Even though what I do do, because I did this today, is I um, edit papers for the girls. So they'll have me read something, but I don't write anything. I just, you know,
0: here's a period, here's a comma. Uh, let's move over to clothes. Okay. Uh, buying new clothes then?
1: Well, everything we got was hand-me-downs. So I was very lucky. Thank you, Lara Forte. Um, <laughs> and my sister. Um, and so, but when we did shop, it was me.
0: Yeah. And then nowadays,
1: um, it's the girls. Okay, they do it themselves.
0: This is the category: sleep and relationships. Okay, uh, bringing the kids to bed. Then,
1: uh, me. Now, well, they they go to bed themselves. Neither because they're almost adults, and
0: we go to sleep before they do. Nowadays.
1: I know I, all of you who listen who have little kids that you're like, "We'll never get there."
0: You'll get there. You'll
1: get there. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, wake up support, which I think means getting their butt out of bed. Uh-huh. Then,
1: uh, me. Now. Uh, They do it themselves. Yeah.
0: Um, This is probably belongs 10 times, but conversations with teenagers, (laughs) parentheses, heartache, future, just any deep emotional conversations. Then. Me. Now. Me. No doubt about it. And that's where, like I said, you- That's where most of my energy goes, I would say. Um, And this is under relationship too. So organizing couple appointments. I guess that might be dates, I guess.
1: Yeah. And so that's an interesting one.
0: Okay. So then.
1: I would say that we would do it together but I would and I don't know if you'll agree but I think I brought it up most of the time. I think
0: you're probably right. Mm-hmm. I would you'd be like we haven't had we a haven't date had in a date. month. Yeah. I'm like oh mm-hmm. yeah we should probably do that.
1: But you would then be like I'll make a reservation. So yeah. I feel like we
0: would you know do that together. Night shifts during illness. Then me now me. Correct. <laughs> uh, rule agreements with older children. Then Rule agreements.
1: agreements. I mean, I would say we do it together, but I tended to, I think, and, and tell. I'm not trying to say this in a bad, but like I'd talk you off a ledge about it. Yeah. I feel like I, I kind of had a feeling of like what felt like a responsible choice, and sometimes it would surprise you. Yeah, and I think when I would explain, you'd be like, okay, that makes sense. Sometimes, sometimes you didn't agree, but um,
0: and, and now it's still you. It's still me. Yeah, this is a really interesting one, and we could do five podcasts on it. Okay, maintaining contact with relatives then. Me. For sure. Now. Uh, Both of us. Yeah.
1: I think you are even better at being in contact with my niece and nephew, our niece and nephew, but my sister's kids, you're really good at just calling them out of the blue. And, um, and I think that I mean, I'm in contact with your sister a lot, my sister, um, but you were really close to my mom and dad, like, and Peg, like, we're, we're so, our families are so our family. Like, Mm -hmm. they're all, they're all kind of one.
0: Yeah. Don't
1: you feel that way?
0: Yeah, after 20 years. Yeah, after 20 years.
1: But initially, it was you. It was me. So if it was going to be like a family party, I called his mom, I called his, you know, like, I was in charge of everybody. Yeah, for Mm -hmm. sure. Uh,
0: Saving memories slash photos, then.
1: Uh... Now, this is interesting. Okay. Um,
0: I don't think it's that interesting. I think
1: it's 50-50. No. You think it's you? Yeah. Well, but like even the, I know you're going to not remember this, but even doing the video was my idea. I did the first one. That may be true,
0: but I did the other 64 of them. (laughs) True.
1: But don't you think a lot of pictures are from me or you think you're the photographer of the family?
0: Uh, I think I'm the photographer of the family.
1: Okay, so I'll give you that. You you yeah, throw win. throw me a bone. You win. The one thing I will say is early on before we had smartphones, when we had to get pictures of the girls at Target, that was me. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah, totally like, you. Like
1: professional photography
0: Hated those days. is me. Hated those days. And the
1: girls like pictures for senior year, the True. pictures for family. Yeah. That's always me. For sure. Okay.
0: Um, now we're moving over to body. Okay. Combing, hair, brushing teeth. Me. That was then that, and now.
1: Well, so, I would say teeth is you now because Todd took over dentist about
0: five years ago. That's true. Mm-hmm. Caring for pets then didn't have one.
1: Uh, we did. 20
0: we, years ago? We
1: not had a, 20 years ago. We had a fish.
0: <laughs> and you were in charge of it. For yeah. sure, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I never changed the water. Goldie. And now who's in charge of caring for that rabbit? Me.
1: But you are...
0: Yeah, I don't care for... I I I, you feed, I love on it, yeah. but I don't... Clean out the litter box. I don't feed it as often.
1: I am the litter box cleaner, yeah. and I make sure I'm kind of—I wouldn't say the last line of defense, but the eighty percent of the time, I feed that bunny.
0: Um, cutting nails, then
1: the rabbit's nails. No, no, we're <laughs> onto
0: people now. Okay, I do everybody's nails. I have never once cut my daughter's nails. Yes. I always—it scared I'm you. I'm Scared that I'm going to make them bleed. Mm-hmm. Um, bath and hair washing or I we should throw in their lice. When lice happens, who's in charge? Oh
1: me. I am a pro. <laughs> the girls when they were young, there was just these points in time where lice just went around and I I swear like I would be like again yeah. um and you know just go around their classroom you'd get a letter and you'd be like okay let's watch your head um but I I became but lice doesn't scare me if somebody listening if their kids have never gotten lice and they're freaking out or right now your kids have lice do not freak out this it's a totally manageable manageable situation it's a pain though and I became a pro and then my girl nobody liked it, it it's not like it happened that many times but when it did we would watch a movie. I would do their hair. Get, We'd yourself, make it a fun. Good, get yourself a good, get
0: yourself good comb, uh huh, and some headlamps.
1: Yeah, headlamps and Cetaphil
0: and Cetaphil.
1: So I would kill everything, and including you and I, because yeah. that's the thing. Everybody listening, you don't want to miss anybody in the house because that's the problem. Like a lot of times, we'll be like, "Well, I didn't lay on a pillow with them, so there's nothing in my hair." You have got to make sure you do everybody's head who lives in that house yeah. because you can miss one. And that's a problem. So we would we would do all the shampoos to kill everything. So everything's dead. But then you have to make sure you go through and you get anything that's left, any eggs, anything like that. And I, um, so we we did the cedar thing, which is you put the cedar on the hair and then you blow it dry. It, it's look it up on Google. I'm not going to be the person who goes through that process for you, but it, it doesn't
0: scare me. Doctors' visits then. Uh, me now me yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Birthdays and holidays, we're just going to put this into one big category, even okay. though there's a million things in it. Okay. Think about, you know, just think about Christmas. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and think about birthdays. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. Then. Me. Now. Me. Yeah, uh-huh. totally. There's no doubt about it.
1: Presents and stuff like that. And
0: yeah. the, and I don't want to undervalue or understate this one. Like, this is huge. Mm-hmm. And I tell the story about uh, the video. I showed the video.
1: So the uh, story that I've told before, probably on this show several years ago, is that like I I choose the day for the birthday party. I invite everybody. I figure out the food. I, you know, do all the, I used to do invitations at Shutterfly and all this kind of stuff. I don't have to do that anymore, but you know, I organize it. I get it ready. Right. And, um, Todd makes this video for each of the girls for their birthday. It's like a pictures from the whole year. So our girls from zero to 18 have a video from each of their years. He does a fantastic job, but at the, at the party, Um, I can't remember what year it was, but I just, I, you know, like I said, I'd put everything together, decorations, all that kind of stuff. And Todd will show the video and everyone will be like, Todd. Yes. You do such a great job. You make this. Party so important. You everybody, know,
0: everybody, just look at me and how great I am.
1: <laughs> and that's an invisible labor thing because when you show up for a party, you don't think about who bought the plates. You don't think about who chose the date. Nobody gets a pat on the back for just the obvious coordinating things. the
0: calendar with everybody that needs to show up.
1: Exactly, people get a pat on the back for something that's unique, mm-hmm. and the part that Todd does is unique, and so that's where everybody is like, "Oh my gosh, it's so great."
0: Um, As I'm looking through this, I'm going to include this link because this is like a, um, it's a task list with a table and you're supposed to fill this out with your partner. So I'm going to, I'm going to throw this in there just as a, something that helps. So there's a few other things left. Okay. Uh, Transportation. I mean, you guys get the point. We don't need to go through it all, but like car checkups and blah, blah, blah. Todd does,
1: And I actually will just say to Todd, Todd, the Jeep needs an oil change and he'll go, okay. Like, I don't like. And could I do it by myself? Yes. I used to live by myself. I had my own car. I know how to do it, but it's just something he takes care of. So this
0: is what's under the transportation. We don't need to go refueling car, servicing bicycles, checking bicycle helmet size, Uh car washes. You do that. uh, Baby carriages and carriers, car checkups, car repairs, buying child seats for the car and the bike for the kids. So So what about cleaning garage? Oh, man. Um, and then last, and then there's a whole section for other things that okay. are not things that we talked about. So, what are um,
1: anything specific on there? That's well, the, there's
0: one in here for hobbies, making play dates. Yeah. That was all you. Yeah. Uh, afternoon activities. That mm-hmm. was pretty much all you
1: mm-hmm.
0: entertainment, family excursions during weekends, like mm-hmm. weekend outings. That mm-hmm. was all you and
1: vacations
0: organize and, and arrange a babysitter. That was all you. Mm-hmm. Sports clubs, leisure activities, that was maybe shared. Sports, yeah. Spend and manage pocket money, blah, blah, blah. Vacation planning, that was probably all you.
1: So usually the way we do vacations now is it's usually my brainchild or like, let's do this or let's leave at these dates. And then Todd likes to do the airline because he does this thing with miles. So he'll get the tickets. And then I usually get the VRBO. You know, it's like we kind of, that's the thing is now we're kind of a well-oiled machine.
0: What about this one, So he Packing suitcases for vacations. Oh, geez, that was me. That was all you.
1: Now, obviously, I don't, you know, my, my girls have packed their own since they were 10. But there was a period of time I have this big bag that we call Big Purple. Big Purps. It's Big Purps. I think I got it from Land's End. It's like a
0: hockey bag. It's,
1: it's huge. huge. Right. It's like a big, like, it's a wiener bag. What's it called? Like just it's a-, just a big, It's just a huge big, huge purple bag. And I would just put all you know i have three little girls and i'd put all their stuff in the bag all my stuff in the bag and it was so heavy but i got it because i was tired of packing so many bags yeah. like we would and um and now you and,
0: know. and now i'm thinking about when we more packing to go to Aunt peg's house in Galena. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. i would pack the baseball gloves
1: oh, God, you drove the board me crazy.
0: games gotcha. and the beanbag game todd and, would
1: spend all this time packing the car with all this stuff we're never going to use that's not true and i would that's not true. We would very rarely play catch. I know. Let's and that's be real. a problem.
0: <laughs> my family doesn't like to play catch. My family doesn't uh, like to play chess. My family doesn't like to play the game of life anymore.
1: Well, let's be clear your girls know how to play chess. They've played with you. Yeah. They have played catch with you. We just don't like to do it as much as you do.
0: Well, and that's why they have a problem. <laughs> that's why. Um, so here's my other take on okay. this whole exercise. Okay. When we got married, Kathy was a full-time mom for a few years, uh-huh. and then you started writing and doing parenting presentations, and you...
1: No, I went back to school.
0: Um, when Cameron...
1: When I was pregnant with Cameron, I went and got my parent piece, coaching. Parent and coaching, yeah. right.
0: And then you became a parent coach, uh-huh. and you slowly over time kind of evolved from a full-time mom to a full-time mom and a part-time professional.
1: Yeah. So can I go back a sure. step? Because just to make sure that there... I was a full-time... Employee, I was a full time therapist at a hospital. So that was what I had wanted to do my whole life. So I'm working at a hospital full time therapist. Then I have a daughter and decide to stay home. Then I went back to school to get my parent coaching certification. And then I started working again, part time, like entrepreneurially, Mm -hmm. like not for anyone but for myself.
0: And, um, what's interesting is because when our kids were born, you did most things Mm -hmm. and then you started becoming, spent more and more time as a professional. Mm -hmm. And my expectation, because we never talked about it explicitly was that you would still continue doing most things. And now all of a sudden you are a parent coach and you're a blogger and you're doing all these other things. And I feel like we, I slash we missed that. Like, We should like this list should be evaluated every year.
1: Yeah, that's a really good idea. Or every six months. Or
0: every six months. Yeah. And then I just also need to share the whole idea of us going through this for the last 25 minutes is in my experience with most couples I know, for most men that I know, there is a significant imbalance going on between what the guys are doing in a typical relationship, male-female relationship versus what the women are doing. And this list, if, if you and I would have had this list from the get-go and treated it with seriousness because think about the amount of – because we didn't even debate or fight at the time. Mm-mm. You would just do keep it. doing it mm-hmm. but get exhausted quicker. Like mm-hmm. think about it. So
1: Well, and I also felt like I'd explain why I was tired. Yeah. That, again, because you were working and doing your checklist and traveling for work and and then it would be like, Kathy, no one would say what did you do with your day. But, of course, that's what we do to ourselves and I would be like, I made sure there were diapers in the drawer. Like it was, it, you just feel so different about your daily experience when really, if I didn't do the things I did, the, the house would fall apart.
0: So I just want to like, uh, I can just hear a, a man, let's okay. say in this example, hearing this podcast saying, I'm working 52 hours a week. Sure.
1: Yeah, they are. I yeah. honor
0: that. I bless that. That's great. And if this is the agreement that you had with your partner that you were just going to do the work Mm -hmm. outside the house and bring home the bacon and not do any of this other stuff, fine. But just have a communication about it Mm -hmm. and reevaluate it as things change. Because as our kids get older, everything changes. I just think it's... Well, and
1: can I put another thing sure. in there? I would say if that's the agreement, I would suggest you question it because if you're not doing any of those things and the you're not connecting with your kids... What
0: you're doing is providing um, food and a roof, but you're not... Which is great. Which is great. But if you're leaving all of the emotional work to your partner, you're missing out.
1: Yeah. Well, and the ability to make a lunch in the morning and write a note and say, this is from dad or, you know, or whoever the, you know... the the person who's working full time yeah. is like it's an, these are not just like chores these are opportunities and we have to be thoughtful about it like todd was working full time i was working part time and so there were i had more choices mm-hmm. than todd did but i still think then we need to even take it another another level and talk about what how can we be at our best and how can we thrive and how can and if and if everything is always going to fall back on me I'm not going to be able to write a book I'm not going to be able to start a podcast like there has to be a sense of letting go a little bit over here so this can happen too like Todd and I You know, it's just funny to have this conversation now, Tex, we haven't talked about these things in so long, because this used to be what Zen Parenting Radio was all the time, like our debating how I could live my life and thrive, and you could live your life and thrive, and we could help our daughters thrive, and how this conversation needs to be, this is not black and white, this is not like, you're good, and I'm bad, or vice versa, it's that we have to be responsible and not, it's like making the lunches. You know, like you were like, but should we be making lunches for our kids? And it's like, at this point in time, this makes sense. And that's how it is when we're helping our kids or in our relationship. This point in time, this makes sense. When I stayed home that first year, you did work full time and I did need to do everything. Do you know what I mean? But as I'm engaging in more work or as we're recognizing that you want to be more connected to our babies, you, we need to start figuring out how to make sure you can get your needs met and I can get my needs met.
0: What's interesting about, um, I'll just say, because I had a, 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 I had and have a boss that was very open to whatever. Like mm-hmm. he was not the guy that would email me at nine o'clock on a Friday saying, we need to finish this project and I need you to knock it out this weekend. Yeah, There's a lot of Workers out there that mm-hmm. have bosses like that.
1: Or they have to leave at six in the morning and they don't get home till eight at night or whatever. And you know?
0: it goes to like boundary setting and priorities because mm-hmm. I think an employer is going, certain employers are going to suck as much as they can out of their employees. And unless, and I'm experiencing this with one of my clients right now because he has a boss who's sucking the life out of him. Mm -hmm. And it's coming at the expense of his his family family. life. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, we've done a few podcasts on boundaries. And I think it's a super important thing to investigate in yourself, because I could see myself being like, sorry, honey, my boss needs this. Mm -hmm. And I need this job. Mm -hmm. The problem is it can sometimes go so out of whack where the boss is, is... The boss comes before the wife or the boss comes before the kids.
1: Yeah. And sometimes it's a misperception of does the, and again, I'm making this up, but is the boss really asking for that much or are you a workaholic and you're like, I just need to be on my computer at all times where no one's asking for it, Mm -hmm. but that's just the modus operandi of that human being is they just feel like they should be working all
0: the time. And there's some people out there that have that boss, that do that.
1: Absolutely. Both are true. But I'm just giving that as an example because...
0: some people are addicted to work. Some people
1: are addicted to work even without
0: the pressure. Is it easier to check off some emails than it is to have a heart-centered, emotional conversation with your eight-year-old daughter? Yeah. Give me the computer. That's easy. Right. I could do that. I'm good at that. Right. Nobody's taught me how to be an empathic listener to my daughter. That's too hard.
1: Well, I think what I like about what you said with the lists is having these conversations every six months or so, not to have an argument and not to say, like, see, I'm doing more than you. It's not about creating conflict. It's about talking about these things over and over and over again because, excuse me, again, like I said, you know, Todd and I have been doing this show 12, almost 13 years, and if you go back, almost every episode was some kind of conversation about how we're showing up or not showing up and everything is a negotiation in the moment like we you know some things are literally a negotiation in the moment who's going to do this and some of it is better planning yeah who's going to ask for this who's going to show up for this who's going to drive who's going to ask for the date who's going to make time for the older one who's going to take this one on vacation like and it's not i think sometimes when we're like oh my gosh this is so chaotic it shouldn't be this way yes it should yeah it, it should But then you continue to navigate it, try and make it less chaotic, then it'll change, and then it'll feel chaotic again. But the more you can practice being agile, you know, have some agility with, now it's your turn, now it's my turn, now I'm going to do the then there's a flow and you start to appreciate what each of you do.
0: Yeah, and and, uh, you're saying exactly what I'm thinking, which is clear communication.
1: Yeah, clear communication.
0: Because most of the time we just kind of like went with the flow in a way that was really unproductive. Because you were doing way too many things, and I was just kind of letting myself off the hook. And at the time, you didn't even have the strength to stand up for yourself in a way that you do now.
1: Well... I, I did at the time with what I had. Yes. I mean, I wrote the Target Story article when JC was a year old. Yeah. So to say I didn't have the strength when they were little is not true. But
0: don't you think? I brought
1: up things very early
0: with you. Don't you think you're more willing to do that now? Of course. Than, yeah, but that's all. so,
1: and aren't you will Like, I'm, For you know, sure. it's 20 years later. But my point is, is I actually did bring it up very early. And I think that is why we've been talking about this for 20 years is because what happened to me is I became resentful and angry. And I didn't want to be resentful and angry. So I said, Todd, this doesn't feel fair. And, and then our first awareness of why do you get to come and go, but I have to ask permission to come and go. That was our first conversation is why am I beholden to you, Todd, but you're still free. Yeah. That was our very first conversation, right. and I wrote about it in my first book. And then from there, that conversation grew and expanded. And so, of course, I'm I'm more clear now because I know myself better. I don't feel as inundated by having three little babies. I still, I know I say this all the time, soon sometimes I look at those pictures of me with the girls on my lap, and I'm like, WTF. <laughs> Honestly, like, I was... There's this uh, picture that I have framed because when JC and Cameron were little, I was pregnant with Skylar. I was nine months pregnant, and that's when there was this big there, they, there was this big Tribune article about parent coaching, and they highlighted me in it. And so they have this picture of me. They came and took a picture of me at home, and I'm with JC and Cameron, nine months pregnant with Skylar, and that was the, the beginning of my parent coaching practice. And I'm looking at that picture going, how? Like, and I know... Moms and dads are doing it everywhere, but now it's just hard to know where the time – I mean, maybe it's because they had naps. Maybe it's because we had more control. I don't know, but it is – and again, I was probably only – what? I had three clients a week. I didn't have that much. I wasn't – I was only teaching a little bit where now we have a different schedule. But, you know, kudos not just – kudos to parents. I mean, we're just – Amazing human beings who learn how to be agile and find new ways and ask for help and speak up for our needs. And I'm talking about all genders here, I'm not just talking about
0: moms. In closing, Kathy and I are going to do another pop culturing episode
1: yes. sometime
0: soon. And where did you post this poll?
1: I posted it. So this is kind of funny. The reason we did, we were talking about it before, but today I got a email notification that our show Pop Culturing, our other podcast, where we like talk about movies and like bring in self-awareness. It's it's like trending in um, Kenya. <laughs> we're like, crushing it we're in crushing Kenya. We're crushing it in Kenya. I don't know why, because we haven't posted a pop culturing since september yeah but for some reason people are liking our show in kenya so um so we're like let's do another one so which movie should we talk about todd
0: well once you read off i
1: am oh are you ready yeah ferris bueller okay the fugitive yeah spotlight yeah did we do spotlight no okay best in show um what do you want to do
0: I want to do, I think I want to do what I think will, that most people will be interested in and it's going to be Fugitive or Ferris Bueller.
1: Oh, Todd, I just, so I did a poll on Instagram story. 71% say Ferris Bueller and 29% so far say The Fugitive.
0: Has anybody said Best in Show or nope. the other one? No,
1: Spotlight and Best in Show have zero. I knew it. Yeah. You great. knew there was going to be those two? Yeah. So I'm tending, okay, I love Ferris Bueller. I'm a John Hughes girl. I'm a Chicago girl. I love everything about Ferris Bueller, but I'd prefer The Fugitive because that's like one of my favorite movies of all time. But I'll do Ferris Bueller
0: because it would be easy. Well, uh, get on our Instagram channel and vote. Sweetie calls it an Instagram channel. What is it?
1: Go to to Insta, and right now it's on our story, but I'm afraid it'll (laughs) be gone, (laughs) our Instagram. Oh, do
0: they expire?
1: Sweetie, what station is it on? Uh, I said that yesterday to the girls. I'm like, what station is that program on?
0: um go to our go to insta
1: go to instagram and it's on our story and you can sweetie
0: if you want to be cool with, me, with like me you'll call it insta or instagram channel <laughs> which i just said
1: sweetie still thinks vine is out there
0: yes um and then i want to invite anybody to check out uh team zen we just interviewed dr shafal you're working on our march guest
1: Team Zen rocks everybody it's an app it's yeah. an app on your phone. You have access to all of our podcasts. You have access to the Team Zen live talks where we do support talks. We, like Todd said, we have an author or a thought leader every month. We had Shafali last week. Um, we have extra podcasts, extra Zen parenting podcasts that are only for people on Team Zen. All my Zen parenting moments are there. All of our pop culturing is there. Um, we have a community, community posts, resources. It's, I, I told Todd a couple of days ago, I'm like, I love this app so much mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Cause it's so people can direct message us. It's cleaner. So if you guys were ever on team Zen before in the last five years and you're like, I didn't know when anything was or whatever, that problem is solved. Yeah. We have an events page. We have links. It's so easy.
0: 25 bucks. Uh, you can cancel at any time. Join I also us. want any men out there that are listening uh, to check out menliving.org, uh, check out menliving connect. Uh, the link is going to be in the show notes. Uh, if you're up for vulnerable, authentic connections with other guys, trying their best to evolve and grow in this world that's what you want to do, so go to menliving.org and check us out, and then lastly Jeremy Craft, he's a bald-headed beauty, he does painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area the phone number is 630-956-1800 and his website is avidco.net and now the guitar music um, we'll see y'all next week, keep talking.
1: Thanks for listening, everyone. If you have appreciated or enjoyed a decade of Zen Parenting Radio podcasts, please tell a friend or leave a five-star review. We are grateful for your support. If you want more Zen Parenting, consider joining Team Zen Circle, our very own app that includes our virtual community, exclusive content, and support from us.
0: You could also purchase Kathy's award-winning book, Zen Parenting, Caring for Ourselves and Our Children in an Unpredictable World or subscribe to Zen Parenting Moment. You can find these opportunities and more at zenparentingradio.com slash resources. And if you want to connect through social networking, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Keep trucking, and we'll talk to you again next week.